with you and your redneck jokes. Oh my goodness, they are so good. That was beautiful. You are you are redeemed. In this edition of the Frontal Lobe Podcast, I would like to introduce you, our listener, to a new shorter form of conversation, which Jacob and myself are extremely excited to explore. We are referring to this new format as For the Sake of Conversation. Our hope is that by listening to us and any guests that we invite to join us in exploring ideas in these segments, you can develop your own opinions on the issues that we tackle and maybe even have the, some of the same conversations with those that you interact with on a regular basis. So with that being said, we hope that you enjoy our first segment recorded at a Friendsgiving gathering of some of my dispersed friends from Oregon, the Colburns, Justin Peck, Julia Mitchell, and Jay Clark. The question of the day for the sake of conversation is, what sport produces the best people slash citizens? Oh, uh, and if sport is supposed to create character, then why are pros so cocky? I think we should tackle the first part of that first, which is the what sport produces the best people or citizens. I would like to first go to Colburn because he's a sports coach and he has more experience. You have to say this on the podcast. We are on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's today. Awesome. Did you get to sports? I did. I did. So, Colburn, what are your thoughts on this? Because you presented me with this question yesterday and I, I'm interested to hear your personal thoughts on what the best sport for character is well i don't want to i don't want to tip my hand right away the best sport i just noticed that if so someone said hey what do you think of that school's baseball team or what do you think of these baseball players and it's always like it's not they're not uh, generally seen outside of the baseball team as it's generally uh, explicatives are used uh, in, in talking about baseball players okay or what about the soccer guys? Well, they're pretty flamboyant. Or what about the basketball players? Well, they, they, they're really a cocky crew. So we concluded that there's stereotypes of each. Sport. Yeah, so, but, uh, you know, also I just have to say, what about the volleyball players? Well, they're pretty uh, prissy and um, <laughs> entitled. That was not an explicative, was it? No, 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 no. that's an adjective. <laughs> so uh, anyways, you hear that. But I, I think that, you know, sports can can help build character, but then how come we have all these, like, uh, gen generalities? Like, does the sport lead to that? Does it, that's that's kind of what I was thinking. So I feel like it comes down to the question that we ask way, or very often is nature or nurture. You know what I mean? Does a sport attract a certain type of person or does a sport build a certain type of person? Mm -hmm. So we have a couple collegiate athletes in the room. We have um, Julia Mitchell, who's a volleyball player at Spring Arbor. Who's a uh, basketball player at Duke. Is it Ozark Christian. Christian? And then Alicia Colburn, who is a pole vaulter at Washita. Wa what? Washita. Washita? Yeah. It doesn't, what is this, how do you spell that? O-U-A-C-H-I-T-A. That doesn't check out. And <laughs> oh, then, um, <laughs> Justin Peck was a previous, was previously a collegiate runner at um, Cedarville. I'm blanking on the names right now. Then we have a couple intramural athletes as well. 
Jake Hart. <laughs> What a guy. Gymnastic champion. Softball champion. What a guy. And then I myself am a cross country and track athlete at Grace. But and Colburn actually was a collegiate basketball player back in his day at Multnomah, if I'm not mistaken. Way right? back in the day. Yeah. So we have a right lot of experience. basketball was invented. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're still they're still like weaving the nets at that point, right? Yeah, but we weren't cocky. <laughs> well, maybe that's a thing that came over time. But I would be interested. <laughs> No, um, I would be interested to hear the collegiate athletes' uh, opinions in this room on if there's a team on campus that you interact with, specifically like in a sport manner, that gives you a bad vibe or just isn't somebody that you get along with. Not to incriminate anyone, but just as a scientific endeavor. Wait, can I? Can the non-athletes sure, give sure, their unbiased opinion that's first? That's completely fair. That's actually probably a good idea. Go Jay. Unbiased opinion. Oh, so I'm not an athlete now? <laughs> well, we're, we're in our murals, so we have less uh, bias. Uh, I have thoughts, but I'll hold off for now. I think... Well, we're asking for them now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to hear other people's okay, first. Okay. I'm just going to pick on somebody. Julia, what do you think? Just, just not, so not all I know first. I, mean, I, I can go. Okay. I think that it's... I think track athletes are the most like genuine solid people as a team because I think they just um, I don't know I feel like they're more involved because they're not as like they're they work together great as a team but they're also individually trying to do their best okay so they I don't know I feel like they're also just more involved in other things do you think that there's something to that individual aspect of the sport or to just, being a track athlete? Yeah. Do you think that produces some of the <laughs> character that you're referring to? Yes. <coughs> How so? Because they're not clicky. Like, not they clicky. don't have to... They don't over-hype themselves as a team. Okay. They just are a team because they want to be. Okay. Mike, are you raising your hand? Uh, well, I, was, I, I actually think I agree with her. Because, I like you said, on a track team, you're kind of all by yourself. So like, you're like she said, you don't like get all caught up into <clears throat> the fact that, oh, I'm on this team. Like we're really we're good. Cool. Like it's kind of more you and like, especially at a good Christian college, like they're not gonna put themselves like they're not gonna say, oh, like I'm really great. There's obviously some people that would do that. I'm sure. Yeah. But Noah Lyles is a good example. Yeah. But <laughs> like I think that overall, they would like be much more, especially like someone like Cedarville or Grace. Or watch guitar, whatever. Like much more, not so self-involved because they don't like aren't as clicky, and it doesn't like create this huge buildup of a team where it's like, oh, we're really good, and then they start being cocky or whatever. So, why? Well, I, I think the nature of certain sports, like I think all the sports have something great, good about them character-wise. Like yeah. you can build character in, in all these sports, but the nature of track and field is hard work. And, and you're not necessarily always competing in front of huge crowds. Mm. Mm -hmm. So you don't get the ego build up. You don't get like people asking for your autograph or, yeah, yeah. but, but you do get the good benefit of just hard work, accountability. You can't blame others. It's, you know, your effort and you're not always competing against other people. You sometimes you're competing against your own limits 
And there's just, I think there's something intrinsically good about pushing yourself to your limits and not having to compare. I mean, you do compare because you're trying to run the race yeah. to win the race, but you can also just push past your own limits and do your best. Mm. Anyways, I think that tr that's my opinion on like, and but other sports offer some other great things that track and field doesn't offer. But uh, that's for us to, I guess, to explore. Well, would you mind starting that exploration? Did you have a question or like an idea there? Well, why are baseball players seen as like really cocky, arrogant? Um, the answer. Okay, Micah. Sorry. I actually had this conversation like last week with one of my friends. We were talking because baseball, you're kind of on a team because you like you need you need it's like in the outfield you need everybody to like make a play so if you need the second base to like ground the second base and you throw it first or to turn a double play you need everybody around you but at the same time when you're batting nobody else matters you're just doing it for yourself and if you're playing you're trying to like have a better batting average than the guy around you so it makes this it creates always this super competitive like edge to itself which all sports do because you're always competing against each other but at the same time like baseball it just creates this like huge buildup of competitiveness the whole time because everybody wants to play and you only have nine spots and so like the batting aspect of it and then like oh this guy's first base but I can you know throw better ball or I can throw a better pitch than this guy or I throw different pitches so it kind of creates this whole buildup and like always just competitive like on especially the team at on my second college Mac you like they all just kind of they weren't really a team because they were all trying to just like get better and make it out. So you're saying like there were there was a bunch of competition within the team that was vying for spots on the team. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Justin. Yeah, I, I got a thought, and it might just be a thought. You know, I it might end there, but I think that is the point. So uh, you got some sports like football. It's going to naturally attract a much larger crowd. You're going to have a, a much larger population base that is going to come out and see your game. Much larger than, say, a track and field event, or by and large. You know, like a high school football game is going to get a whole lot more than a high school track and field uh, event. Yeah. Yeah. Same with a baseball game, you're going to get a lot more there. Like college football games get more people than the World Athletics Championships. <laughs> right, you know. Uh, so, so there's a much larger population base, which I don't necessarily uh, account for the... The character of the people it accounts for human nature. It accounts for the fact that people are naturally inclined to become arrogant. Um, power corrupts all, basically. Okay. Uh, so if they are shown that, wow, I'm I'm really good, I'm really hot stuff, you know, and a massive crowd sees that and believes that, you're naturally going to hype yourself up. Okay. You're going to think that you're. you're you're pretty cool. You're pretty hot stuff. Yeah. Uh, whereas uh, a track and field athlete, you know, that still can happen. Noah Lyles, mm -hmm. great example. Yeah. Um, showman. A, a showman at his finest. Oh, yeah. Um, but I don't think it's as uh, likely to happen huh. just because th there's a lot more accountability there. Like okay. th there's, a, there's a good solid team aspect on a smaller level where you're just out there, you're having fun trying to become a better uh, individual and, uh, and person, 
not necessarily doing it to say I'm the best, I'm the greatest. Yeah. Alicia? And I think another thing, this might be specifically for like certain sports, but like in my experience, like in intramurals, like we can, like the soccer team, the girls' soccer team specifically, so this might be like a one, uh, one scenario, but it might apply to other situations. Like the nature of the sport also affects like how the people act. So like soccer's very physical and you mm-hmm. like, and you're very, it's an armory sort of. The people that play it True. tend to be more ornery because they have to be because that's how you advance in the sport. Okay. And so then when you meet soccer players, like we play them in inter- intramurals, nobody wants to play the girls' soccer team because mm-hmm. they're just ornery. So like, and they'll just push you and then talk to the ref and somehow the call goes their way. or You know, so like, yeah. Yeah. I, that's also maybe, I don't know, like certain sports, not it's not like 100% always, but certain sports maybe create bring out certain characteristics yeah i think that there's there's a there's a thought i forget man i think it was dawkins said something about this he said that everything is a microcosm of its own environment so we could use this i'm directly stealing this analogy from jordan peterson (laughs) just for credit there he was talking about how that means like if you had a bird and an alien scientist took that bird and dissected it then from the biology of the bird you can infer the situation in which it lived. Birds have a positive breathing uh, pressure system, so they, you know that it might be flying at high speeds with air coming in. It has to control the air that goes into its system. It also has a certain lining, like a skin of its feathers, which might be in, in inferring that it has UV rays that are hitting it. So like, to some extent, it shows what environment it lives in, and you can yes. infer, oh, this is where it's from. So I think in some ways sports are the same, and I think that's what Alicia touched on briefly there. Like the soccer players that she was speaking of are a microcopter, are a piece, or have been built by their sport into what they are now. Um, I have a thought. It's I played quite a few sports um, just growing up, and I don't think it's necessarily the sport as much as it is like the coaches mm. um, yeah. which is sort of kind of off topic not really I guess <coughs> um, but I've played like I said I've played quite a few sports and I've played with a lot of people who are really good people and people that I've looked up to in that sports setting but I've also played with some idiots so yeah, it's just I don't, and I feel like the coach, like I've had some, I've had some coaches, and most recently I had a lacrosse coach who was like a really great guy, and I really looked up to him a lot as like a person and a coach, but he wasn't very like, like there was no discipline in practice, and he wasn't very stern with the players, so like he had all these rules set in place, but he didn't enforce them very well, so the environment in which we were practicing wasn't good, and it wasn't what he wanted. Because he didn't have a way to enforce that. Okay. Well, my question with that is like, <coughs> like with the soccer team, who does intramural like basketball or whatever, they're all on their own at that point. So then, how much does the coaches, whatever influence, affect? Like, do you think it carries over into yes. like when they're doing their own thing? One hundred percent. Yeah. Oh well, my thought on that is. Like coaches, it's a form of discipleship, sometimes spiritual, sometimes not. 
And a good coach will influence the players beyond their direct yeah. supervision. Like a good disciple or will influence someone beyond their direct supervision. Mm-hmm. So I think coaching was very much like that. And at Christian school, you have the advantage of having a discipleship aspect to your coaching. So like when you're saying about the soccer team, in my experience, well, I played soccer, so I'm biased. And my cousin was on the team at Cedarville. And like they had an incredible environment where they really supported each other and loved each other, like even if they were getting playing time over one another and stuff. So it produced a very different thing when I, I played them in intramurals, actually, like in a couple sports. And they're like super fun to play against. But that doesn't discredit the point that like the sport often shapes the hole that coaches don't see that they need mm-hmm. to fill. Because mm-hmm. often they just like let the sport kind of take over the, the discipleship aspect of the sport that could take place, but doesn't. So focused on technical aspects. So there's real potential there for them to be shaped by the coaches, but you're saying if they're left to their own devices, the sport will take over and shape them, essentially. Maybe so. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's so, really good. Yeah. It's a solid point. So the, the, the best baseball hitter of all time was Pete Rose. And uh, he can't get in the Hall of Fame because he, he cheated when he was a coach and he bet on games that mm-hmm. while he was in the majors. And then uh, and the best home run hitter of all time was Barry Bonds. And I don't know if he can get in the Hall of Fame or not, but he cheated by taking, I mean, blatantly cha- taking steroids. Mm. So, like, the best of the best are, mm. like, not high-character dudes. Interesting. So that brings us to that second question that we sort of mentioned. Mm-hmm which was, if sport's supposed to develop character, then why are our pros so cocky, cocky or so not characterful? It's <laughs> probably not the word. I have, an, I have an answer. So I think, <clears throat> I think there's two reasons. I think one, uh, money's the root of all evil, so... Not well, really, I don't think that's exactly... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Money. Thank you. <laughs> love love money. Is the root of <laughs> all kinds of evil. So, all kinds of evil, yeah. Yes, but I think that I think that when you get to that point, I think it like if you use your money poorly, I think it can ruin people, and I think they're they think they get this ego, and I think another thing is uh, I think social media affects yes um, a lot of people because like if you go on Instagram and you look like like if you like for me, I follow a lot of basketball and a lot of football like accounts and like highlights and stuff. So if I go on there and look, I can see a lot of people's highlights and talking them up and stuff like that which is fine like I think that's probably better than having a bunch of negative comments but I think that that creates this whole another ego and this whole like oh I'm an idol like I'm like in today like a lot of people today say like oh I'm him like they keep saying mm-hmm. that and I think like that boosts their ego and they get to a point where like everybody else really doesn't matter they're not really a real person anymore they're kind of just this huge like character because all of us fans and people that are watching just put them on that pedestal so they just get that and they're just constantly fed that 24-7 you know and there's never there's no accountability there I guess so do you think that's partially our fault I honestly like especially with social media and like the way like especially in the states like <clears throat> the way that we treat our athletes is like otherworldly like there's some like crazy human being that like you can never talk to which I mean like it's such a trade-off because you don't want them to just like be able to be approached all the time and people like there's terrible people in the world that would hurt them to get money so like or hurt them to get 
like something else just because they missed a bet or something like something dumb like that but I would I would say yeah I think that we kind of create this culture where it's like these people are like just the best of the best and nobody can ever talk to them so they're not they don't really become a real person they're kind of just have all this pride and they're put way up on this pedestal so well I I think uh, what Brittany said like sports can be a great avenue for discipleship but um, but then you have the corruption with uh, how we idolize athletes and then well I was just listening to Coach K talk about one time he was coaching the Olympic team and his best player was Kobe Bryant and he was taking bad shots and a couple of his good players were like, are we going to say anything? So Coach K had to had to approach him and say, yeah, you're hurting us by being selfish. Mm-hmm. And Kobe Bryant, he was the greatest player in the world at that time. You know, he they get to have a man-to-man conversation. But I don't I don't know that 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 to Micah's point, athletes hear mm-hmm. enough of those man-to-man conversations like. Mm. Yeah, you're not all that. You're the greatest player, but you're hurting this team. Or you're the greatest player, but are you a good family man? Or you're the greatest player. Uh, so I think coaching, I think, uh, co- like, yeah, athletics has great opportunities to build character, but we let our idolization ruin it. Yeah, yeah I think sports can also just become, like, I mean, at the professional level especially, like they get this sense of like it's me versus everybody else and like that's their entire life mm-hmm. I mean it's their job but it's just you, in sports you have to dedicate so much time to that mm-hmm. and when you get to that level it just becomes me versus everybody else and nothing else matters but me winning mm-hmm. and it's just like this level of competitiveness that they have instilled in them that just it just becomes like war <laughs> and they're just like Nothing else matters except for me beating you and being better than you and everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that I think that plays to a point. Like, I think sports is a useful tool in developing character because it is. And my my previous uh, coach at Grace said this all the time. Running is a microcosm for life, right? Dedication earns you things in running. Discipline and consistent consistency earns you things in running, but. I think when you elevate sport to become life, you can't make a microcosm for life life. It's not, like, it won't fulfill. So it's a good way to find things that are useful in life, but it can't be your life. And I think that sort of plays to the point that you were just mentioning that when sports becomes your livelihood, when it becomes your job, when it becomes your life, it very well may have that adverse effect on character. I think that's uh, that's a really good point. Um, I think it comes down to, I guess, what parents instill into their kids, what they're going into sports wanting from that sport. What do you want? What is your end goal? I, I think you know that, that plays into that idea. Um, and if you go into it desiring to create a good work ethic, to create a good team building atmosphere, like working together with your friends and building each other up, working hard to, to achieve a goal, but it's, it's not an end goal. Mm-hmm. It's a goal to a higher character um, and eventually to a higher calling, which is to Christ, um, 
Yeah. Well, I also think that what you were saying, Carter, about like it doesn't fulfill if it becomes your whole life. That's everything that we idolize, and like I don't know. That's that's kind of off topic, but I was just thinking about like that can relate to so many things because too much of a good thing can become a bad thing. So, I, I mean, I think this conversation is really beneficial. I would encourage all of our listeners, as this is for the sake of conversation, to take this conversation and maybe try to have it with another person. Start from scratch, have this conversation, and dig into the ideas and how you can apply them to your own life and hopefully become a better person because of it. With that being said, thank you all for listening. If you enjoyed anything that Old Man Colburn had to say on this podcast, go check him out at Mahe Podcast, M-A-J-E Podcast on Spotify. Otherwise, this has been For the Sake of Conversation.